Everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for February because it's 2020, which means we're in the future. And in the future, the future is a bright and lovely place where certain wonderful things happen and certain less wonderful things happen. But anyway, the tail end of 2019, several wonderful, fabulous things happened to me. One of them was getting to meet people I'd spoke to on the internet in a face-to-face type basis. Um, That was really, really exciting. So I got to meet Dan, Dan Hughes, and I got to see Matthew Jude again, and I also got to meet this particular um, person (laughs) for the first time. (laughs) Appreciate the pause. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's fine. You're welcome. It's Mike Delisio. Known for many things, but also proudly now a full member <laughs> and I use the word member favourably. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Mr. Mm-hmm. Mike Delisio. Mr. Mike Delisio. They so nice named him twice. Yes. Well the Richard, thank you for my repeat invitation. Uh first things first, I think uh mm. if if people uh, that are listening to this podcast have uh, razor sharp hearing. They might have noticed the tail end of a coughing fit that I had right at the beginning of your introduction. So I think yes. you came in right over the end of a cough, and so that's going to be a good way to start this off. Um, it's yeah. And and the second Consummate thing, professional. <laughs> the second thing is that there is something a little bit different, isn't there? The last time we spoke, Richard, yeah, we had not yeah. met in person before. We had not had the exchange of pheromones that we have now had. We have not been within a distance where we could really get a sense of the other individual. And Richard, I've been very close to you now on, in a physical proximity. And uh, it, it has changed things. I'm not going to lie, Richard. It has changed things. I can't quite explain how, uh, but there is something that's different. I'm not going to say better. I'm not going to say worse. I'm just going to say different. I completely i completely agree with you and um you know and in several ways i'm quite quite scared that you're now saying this in a recorded manner <laughs> so, so so that everybody everybody could have noticed it. but it is the weird thing about the internet when you meet people mm. for the first time and what i was saying is the beautiful thing about it and i've said this before was that we just went straight into <laughs> um throwing things at each other and flipping the bird Mm -hmm. and just generally being quite nasty. There wasn't any of this kind of tenuous, kind (laughs) of like two pumas um, kind of circling each other before they attacked. We kind of went straight at it. There was Mm -hmm. vitriol. um, 
you ended up having to to sleep outside in somebody's car because of the pure nastiness that was Correct. emanating from you. Um, at some point, you made Matthew Jude cry, which wasn't sure. nice. But um, it's good. To, I'm now quite happy at the fact that you are now several thousand miles away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can quite happily um, build myself up mm. um, in some kind of Taekwondo type style. So Ooh. if you do come across yes. to the UK again, mm-hmm. I'll be ready for you, um, fluffy right. face. Well, that's that's uh, that's that's an intriguing notion. I uh, I wonder. I'm not enough of a expert in world geography. I'm an expert in many things, as you know, Richard. But I'm not necessarily I, an expert in in world geography. So I wonder, am I technically closer to you now than I was before, being in South Florida uh, as opposed to Central Indiana? I I don't know. We there would be a very easy way to find this out by getting onto uh, a Google, you know, uh, Google map. And right map. behind you, the the the. Uh, yeah, the the people that are listening can't get the context that I am. I'm looking at Richard uh, no. right now, and, and so your your sympathy is There's appreciated. But there is a world map wow. uh, behind Richard. Last time we spoke, there was not a world map. Now, I have to ask you this question, Richard, because there's a right, tremendous okay. glare on that map. Um, but am I correct mm-hmm. that the center of that map, what, we, what you would think of as the center of the map, is that centered yes. on Europe? Yeah, no, it's centered actually on the UK, which is on no the UK. longer. Okay, so yeah. what you're telling me, Richard, is that you are mm. a Eurocentrist, that you um, that you feel like the UK is more important than any other place in the world, clearly, or else it wouldn't be the center of your map. I'm just saying that the person that designed the map... <laughs> that you chose to frame, frame and hang in a position of prominence I in was, your home. I was advised that we needed to get something on the wall... <laughs> Who advised you this? And a map, my my, the, the current Mrs. Simpson mm-hmm. advised me <laughs> we needed something on the wall, and she mm. wasn't having any of that Japanese anime nonsense. Mm. Right. <laughs> no matter how pretty the girls looked, <laughs> <laughs> on the wall there. Uh huh. Uh huh. So we got a traditional, lovely looking map, which quite rightly has America in the left and as small as it deserves to be. As you I, can see, it's a tiny, tiny island. A speck not in, much the, in bigger, the ocean. Not much, not much bigger than Italy. Yeah. And ironically, it's also bright orange. <laughs> Who knew? I wish everyone that was listening to this could see what I'm seeing, which is Richard, every two seconds turning towards this map as if you'd never seen every time you look at that map it's like you're discovering some new thing it's like oh there's a map here two seconds later oh look at this map you seem to be consistently surprised about this map that's over your left size of greenland size of greenland's huge greenland is an impressive uh body of land indeed i can see why i can see why you wanted to buy it that's all i'll say um so richard why am i here why what, what are we what are we doing here today um, I think it was because I was under the kind of the popular misconception that as a man who has been taken on mm. for your talents in board game media, sure. that you would come on in an eloquent, loquacious manner mm. and have almost like sharp, quick facts to throw at us mm. um, in relation to what's happening in the board game industry. 
But what I do find, um, much to my non-surprise, mm. is that you're expecting me somehow to provide the entertainment when <laughs> when you're the guest. I don't know what, what's going on. What's going on, Kenny, here? Um, one of the things I would like to find out, okay, mm-hmm. is that your, your exposure to UK culture... Ah, yes. ...was concentrated but brief. It was concentrated but brief, yes. That's a good way to put it, Richard. I would like to know if there was any kind of being in civilization for the first time where we <laughs> actually have two license plates on our cars. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, people are going, what the, is this in jokes now? Listen to no. the episode of Sporadically Bored with um, Frank West and that'll make kind of complete sense. Mm. But... Is there anything that you have culturally taken on from your visit to the UK that you are now bedazzling people mm. in your country um, in terms of how far our civilization civilization has gone in the areas in which you guys need to cut, catch up on? <laughs> I noticed that you have obviously stolen the vertical blinds <laughs> from... Yeah. Uh-huh. From you know, from from your time, right? I used um, to have horizontal blinds, and I did. That was the first thing I did when I came back here. Was I just replaced all of my horizontal blinds with vertical blinds? Sure. Oh, do you know why you can do that? Why? Because it makes it easier to spy on people outside. Because mm. people in the UK, they've got an ability. They do like it's here. It's called curtain twitching. Mm, curtain twitching. I like but that. The issue that you've got with having horizontal blinds is it's very obvious when you're staring at somebody because the whole blind kind of goes down in a big V. Yeah. And people look at it and go, look, there's a PP Delisio <laughs> staring at everything. Yeah, whereas with vertical blinds, again. they might have yes. this sense that maybe the air conditioning is blowing it or something. Exactly. Right? Because they're, exactly. They're, that could happen in nature, whereas the exactly. horizontal blinds, nothing in yes. nature is going to cause it to, of its own volition, bend down yes. in that way yes the only thing you've got to watch out for is that if you push it aside too far mm-hmm. um whereas horizontal blinds you can stand there naked all day right and nobody will know right that's true vertical S- blinds you've got to watch out you're not peeping something else mm-hmm. extra out the window when right. you're pushing the blinds sure aside. sure so, so so what you're telling me is that the uk is a culture of miscreants and perverts and voyeurs is that is that what i should take out of this or and that is what i'm trying to find out if you manage to bring any of that back to you to you to the united state of america uh, well it's uh first of all i don't want i'm not going to spend too much time on this uh, license plate thing since yeah, that was that was not on this podcast but i i did find yeah. out today that i just happen to live in some rogue states that the majority of the united states does have the two license plate system okay. like the okay. UK. Uh, but that's just an odd little quirk of, of my, where I've lived. The, the trip to the UK, if I might be serious for, for uh, a moment, uh, was lovely. And uh, mm. meeting you was lovely. And I do okay. uh, concur that, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, and don't, don't just agree with me uh, for the sake of agreeing me. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I got the sense that you were maybe a little taken aback when we first met that because when you and I met, mm-hmm. 
and, and it's not it's not always this way, but when you and I met, I really felt like I already kind of had had known you enough to get past that awkward thing, even though yes. we'd never been uh, physically in the in the same place together. I felt like we had interacted enough on a number of different levels that yeah. I did jump right into that. But you seemed a little not not put off, but you seemed like you were a little taken aback. Like you're like, oh, okay, we don't have to 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 do the little dance of of you know introductions type of a thing. I kind of worry about coming across like a bit of an idiot ah. because I think that's the the case of the thing. And I'm, 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 I'm kind of worried that I am generally because of my career because mm. I have always been involved in kind of sales training, yeah, 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 something like that. So very much I am the person that has to kind of go and put myself mm. forward and it kind of networking events and stuff like that. Right. I'm generally the person that sticks their hand up and asks the questions or kind of gets involved in interacts and stuff like that as well and sometimes i'm conscious that um <clears throat> i've got to sometimes kind of think well i maybe got to step back a little bit ah. and maybe not kind of jump in there and mm. um because of that's how i am i maybe don't want to jump into somewhere and make somebody feel uncomfortable because i'm also aware that just because um some people and how they act online there's mm-hmm. a certain area of comfort. There's a certain area of comfort to that, right? Is that yeah, we can have a chat, but it's under my, it's under my control. Sure. If I don't want to speak to you for a while under DMs, I don't have to. If I don't want to speak to you through internet messaging, I don't have to. If we're not having kind of like a bit of back and forward banter on Twitter, then that's kind of fine. But in face to face, I do know that some people who come across as some way in social media will potentially be slightly different when it comes to person to person. So I generally mm. have kind of knowing that I can on occasion be a little bit of a dominating hmm. personality and so sometimes I like to rein it in back to say is this okay yeah yeah, yeah. and then if it's okay <clears throat> it's almost like a cons- it's almost like a con- uh, communication consent thing Right, right. Oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting way to put at it. Uh, to put it, a communication consent. Yeah, um, and uh, but and and yeah, it was just it was interesting to me because I don't always feel comfortable in the in a similar situation where somebody that I even uh, have interacted with online a little bit and then I meet them the first time. Sometimes there mm. is that awkwardness. I don't particularly know why. Uh, the fact, uh, other than the fact that we were were both fully nude. I don't know why it was, you know, it was okay and I didn't feel uncomfortable. But um, no, uh, the, the, the trip to the UK was wonderful. I don't, I, I don't feel like I was there uh, long enough. And I don't feel like I saw the full breadth of the uh, lovely no. uh, nation and culture to, to uh, feel like I've brought in anything back uh, except for um, various uh, diseases and bugs. But it was a lot of fun. I cannot wait to go back and I do uh, want to see more of the country and, and mm. interact with more of the of the uh, uh, of the the locals, so to speak. I guess what was interesting was that, um, you know, there are certainly parallels, uh, you know, between our cultures. We, we have a lot of things in, in common. Um, I guess it was small things. It was just little small things that uh, that kind of threw me off uh, because it's I think I have a feeling like if I was in a country where the culture was so far different. Hmm. It, 
you're you're almost like okay, I'm a stranger in a strange land, and so you're you're expected to be kind of uh, disoriented a little bit. But in the UK, yeah. it's similar enough that I felt comfortable because the people were generally speaking a language I understood and yeah. the signs were things I could read that I didn't have the sense of dis- disorientation. But then on top, but, but at the same time, there were things that were completely foreign. So, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience, Richard. I'll say that an interesting experience. Um, I, I very much enjoyed it and, uh, I'm very much looking forward to going back. <laughs> now I didn't go to Scotland I, though. I would have loved to have gone to Scotland. Yeah, you see, this is the thing about the UK is like you can fit the UK into like half of California or mm. whatever because mm-hmm. it's only like six or seven hundred miles long. Right. Um, but there's such a difference in the kind of the culture. So you only need to travel like 50 miles to get kind of a completely different accent, a completely right. different way of kind of, of kind of doing stuff. Um, so it was just, you know, it was just a case of, um, you know, it's kind of getting used, you getting used to that. And, and, and speaking of, I guess, getting used to stuff, you've moved yes. area. I have. So is it, because, and you know, is it vastly different moving into a new state? Is it, is it kind of mm. like, are you, are you getting a little bit of a culture shock? Because you've not only changed careers, you've yes. kind of, you know, and you've, you could say you've been serving an apprenticeship for some time to move into working to the dice tower. But I mean, Hmm. it's a big uproot for you. Yes. It's an uproot for your, you know, you for your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Has it, has there, has there been things that you've had to kind of get used to or been different kind of moving into a completely different new state? Uh, The short answer is, is yes. There's things that, that, that have taken some getting used to, but um, just a little background is that I've lived in a lot of different states. Um, mm. I, you know, I was born and raised in California and mm. I lived in different parts of California, but I've also lived in Connecticut and I lived in New York and I lived mm. in Nevada and I lived in Indiana and now I've lived in Florida. And those are vastly different regions of the country. You know, uh, California and New York are on opposite coasts and Florida is on the extreme southern end of the United mm-hmm. States and Indiana's in the in the Midwest, the heartland, so to speak. And so I feel like I've gotten a, a pretty good sense for a lot of the different areas of the country. Now, I will tell you, it's interesting when I moved here to to South Florida which is a, is a state which in and of itself has a lot of different cultures from what I understand. I'm certainly no expert in Florida, but the northern yeah. parts of Florida and the panhandle is a very different cultural experience than here in, in, in South Florida. What I've been saying is that I feel somewhat a sense of fam- familiarity here in southern Florida because it reminds <coughs> me of uh, where I grew up in Southern California, the, the, the climate was, was relatively, um, uh, similar and the culture was relatively similar. Uh, There was a similar, um, kind of makeup of, of groups of people. Now it's interesting because I said that on, in in my new job, which you've alluded to at the dice tower, I said that in a Q and a, um, someone asked me a similar question and I, I gave a response similar to what I just gave to you. And someone came on the comments and informed me that my own experience was incorrect. And that was new to me. Oh. I'd never been told that <laughs> how I, that. so I was a little <laughs> taken aback, but they were like, no, the culture is not the same and the temp and the climate's not the same. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess my experience okay. growing up is invalid. But um, anyway, 
uh, so far for me, there have been aspects that have been felt familiar, uh, no matter what uh, someone on, on, uh, YouTube wants to say. Uh, and there have been yeah. aspects that are, that are different. Um, it is, uh, a time of year where I don't feel like I'm getting the extreme temperatures that I, that I'm being told to, to get ready for uh, right now. It's very lovely and, and it's, it's sunny and, and temperate. I know it's going to get very hot. Uh, I do like being close to the water again, Richard. I grew up eh, close ish, you know, close ish to the water in Southern California. Um, and then being in the Midwest for so long was really uh, difficult because I was not near an ocean and being here, being so close to the ocean is something that I really, uh, I've come to find over the years that's important to me. So, uh, I've enjoyed that. Do you get to go around in the kind of the hover boats like gentle mm. Ben did? <laughs> gentle Ben. Wow. That's a nice reference there. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought you'd go gentle Ben with that. I mean, I thought of Miami, Miami vice or no, no. I, I love gentle Ben. Um, Gentle Ben used get... to be shown back to back with Flipper. You want to talk about an wow. hour of power? You had Flipper wow. and Gentle Ben back to back. That's a that's a good hour of television right there. Um, I, no, I haven't been I on just, an airboat yet. <laughs> I, I I mean I just you know I'm kind of shocked. Yeah, quite saddened by the fact that you you haven't been on that. Have you eaten anything suspicious? <laughs> like have you had like gator? Or, you know, are you cooking up, a, is there a pot boiling on the stove where you've got some poor critter kind of, sure, you know, sure. skinned and diced away? Have you done? Yeah, this is where we're going, Mike. Yeah. No, I understand. I appreciate <laughs> you've it. You've earned um, it. <laughs> of course. Of course. I have not had gator. Um, right. You can get it around here. It is readily available. Excuse me. Readily really? available. I have not had it. Wow. Um, now, the, what I have had, and it's not uh, odd at all. But it's going to put 20 pounds on me if I'm not careful, is they've got amazing Cuban food down here. Um, really? There's a, there's a very large Cuban community. And the, the Cuban food that I've been eating uh, way too much is incredible. And specifically, the Cuban bakeries around here I've spent uh, far too much time in because they've got these lovely pastries and and. Uh, flans and oh my god, it's just so good. And so you're taking up half the screen. I mean, you are taking up half the screen. I know. I, I, oh, I, you're take, I, no, no. <laughs> I've bloated. Yes. Uh, I'm just going to check out where Cuba is on the map. Let's just go back. <laughs> it's ninety. It's ninety miles south of the oh, southern tip of Florida. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. It's yeah. a small, small island. They're just north of Jamaica. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's been lovely. Um, but no, I haven't really eaten a lot of weird foods. No, sorry. I'm not a very adventurous eater. Uh, I just, Richard. you know, I'm expecting all these things like travel and excitement mm. and you to say, actually, do you know what? I've got myself a pet bear, <laughs> you know, and you're even hanging about with, you're even hanging about with Clint Howard because I'm, um, let's face it. If you get to Clint Howard, mm. you get to Ron, yeah, that's you get true. to Ron Howard. You can get to Star Wars. That is true. I'm just, this I'm is just true. saying. I'm just. That's a I'm two degrees of separation there. Two degrees. Um, I've seen a it's, gator it's since I've been here, it. Richard. I haven't eaten one, but I've wow. seen one. I went to the Everglades. Is that weird? Wow. Um, is it weird? No, it was great. Actually, it was lovely. Uh, my wife and I mm. went to the Everglades uh, State Park and mm. saw a, a, a number of gators, and they were. You know, it was great because they were in their natural habitat and uh, doing mm. their thing. And, and um, 
they're very impressive animals, Richard, because, I mean, they've been around, I mean, they were basically, you know, dinosaur age, these, these uh, animals that are still oh, yeah, roaming yeah, the yeah. earth, you know, yeah. and, and uh, uh, it's impressive to see animals of that, I don't know, what would you, what permanence maybe? I mean, you get the impression that they've been here, you know, so long and they'll be here. No, the, 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 they're not going anywhere. You know what I mean? They kind of look at you like, yeah, I've seen you kind of before when you were in trees. Uh-huh, right. You ain't nothing new. You've just you've just right. got bigger tools that you wave around in your hands. That's it. You silly little primates, and you know, mm-hmm. and you're still soft. I always remember the picture, the Gary Larson single page uh, mm-hmm. of two gators sitting at the side of a shore, and there's a pile of clothes lying there. They're going... <laughs> That was amazing. No fur, no feathers, no horns. <laughs> was that a far side? Just talking about just yeah, just talking oh, about the it. human race being distinctly, <laughs> distinctly, distinctly edible and distinctly lovely. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> you start as I say we we've allude, allude, alluded to. I actually came out and said it, but mm-hmm. um. Is it str- Is it strange to be? kind of in some ways for a lot of people would say kind of living the dream Mm. and actually working in the board game industry and how much of that is kind of living the dream and how much of that is this is an actual job and I'm really gonna I'm having to bust my ass to kind of keep up and keep you know keep things going and prove because you must be you still in your kind of your proving ground thing where you're kind of still kind of new boy and you're making sure that kind of everything is Mm. kind of I'm dotting the T's and I'm crossing the I's (laughs) right or vice (laughs) versa yeah Um, that everything you said there resonates with me quite a bit Uh, Mm. yes I'm the new I'm the new person I'm the low man on the totem pole rightly so Mm. there's a tremendous learning curve but to answer the first part of your question, it, it is still weird for me. Uh, it, it is still something that I'm adjusting to. I'm still processing mm. uh, that that I'm actually doing this for a living now. Um, and conversely, it is a tremendous amount of work. That that I really do think that there's a sense, and and I, I don't I don't say this with any kind of malice at all. I think it really is just a sense of maybe this is. Um, what you'd like the the job to be. I get the sense that a lot of people think that y- you you play games most of the time. That you know you 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 have a, a game session you know every day or even weekly. And then hmm. generally that's just not the case. Games are part of the job. Playing games are part of the job. But those are generally done outside of the of the working hours. There's so much to do during the the forty or so hours of week. And it, it, it generally it's more than that. Um, that you just don't have time. So you have to play, you know, at game nights or you have to play at home and, and get those mm. uh, get those gaming experiences in when you can. It is a remarkable amount of work. There's a pretty small team at the Dice Tower and all of them, uh, even the ones, you know, well, not, not even, including the ones that are not generally in front of the camera very much, are involved in a, almost every aspect of the production of what goes uh, into the Dice Tower. Um, Tom obviously is responsible for certain things that only he is responsible for, you know, administrative yeah. things and, and uh, you know, much more higher level things that are way, way, way be, uh, beyond my pay grade. But um, 
everyone in the office, generally speaking, has their toes in all the different pools that are involved in, in kind of keeping the, the channel going and, and, and running as smoothly as we can possibly do it. And so when I got here, the biggest shock to me was, and I may have mentioned this before, so I hope I'm not retreading myself too much, but I went from a job, a high school teacher, where I felt a certain level of mastery. And I, I don't say that with arrogance. I say that as somebody who's been doing the same thing for 20 years. I felt yeah. a certain level of mastery in it. Uh, I felt like there was not going to be a whole lot that was going to surprise me, right? I was able to do certain things on autopilot because I'd done them for so long. I had set up a system that worked for me. I had developed a curriculum, yada, yada, yada. When I got here, everything was new. Everything was new. I was using software I had never even opened before. Uh, I was mm -hmm. learning every aspect of what needed to be done for, for my job uh, and also trying to pick up what other people were doing so that I can be as versatile and as valuable of an employee as I can so that if I need to mm -hmm. hop on to, you know, the live stream machine or I need to, to uh, you know, pick up a, a, a review to do because this week we, for whatever the reason is, I want to be able to be as valuable as I can. And so I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself and trying to turn this old man's body into a younger version of himself and, and get the energy to, to, you know, dive in because there's a lot to, to know, uh, in, in a relatively short period of time, I have to keep reminding myself, I've only been down here for a few months, you know, and, and, uh, everyone with the dice tower has been remarkably supportive, remarkably kind to me, mm. not only in the office, but, uh, you know, viewers that have made really nice comments to me, both in person and online. And I, you know, I, I need that fuel because I'm being very self-critical. You know, I, I want to know everything right away and I just can't. So it's, it's an interesting situation. Um, it really is an interesting situation. I think there'll be a bat, there'll be a kind of a, a kind of a thing of being more self-critical because you have been creating content because you have sure. been doing podcasts because you have been a face out there because you've already been in many ways part of the kind of the the dice tower um and doing you know doing your own thing sure. and i think um it's almost like it expected as well how different how different can it be mm. kind of recording a video or and it's like well we use the setup and that's the setup that we use and i mm -hmm. think it's easier to be like oh shit i actually know absolutely nothing at all with what i'm doing right and especially when you're kind of like um is the have you been fighting things like imposter syndrome as well mm. i mean have you said well actually i deserve to be here let's do you have to kind of like do the kind of the pet mic you deserve to be here just shut that down and let's just get on with it kind of thing. Yeah, very much so. I, uh, I think that that's natural. I think that that's, you know, uh, normal. Um, but mm. yeah, I have had a number of crises, plural, of confidence uh, since I've begun this because, um, you know, everyone, I think, compares themselves to other people. It's just, I, I yeah. think that's just a, the nature of, of anything, not just creative content, but I think that in creative content, it maybe uh, lends itself even more to that because so much, I think, of what we do, whatever it might be, you, me, Tom, uh, Ben Maddox, Dan Hughes, you know, name the, uh, name the content creator out there. 
Um, so much of what we do is based upon our personality, I think. And when people connect with you, they connect with what you do. A lot of it mm. is going to be because they're connecting with you as an individual. Now, yeah, some people might be really interested because something is really flashy and has great technical skill and all that. And, and of course, that's important. But I do think that the lasting content creators have something about them that is appealing for whatever reason it might be. And so there's always this sense of, okay, well, people, they're tired of me. They're, they're sick of it. They think it's a shtick. They don't, you know what I mean? They, they, they think it's disingenuous or, or whatever the case may be. And so what I've been, what I kept telling myself is not to, not to listen to the good stuff too much and not to listen to the negative stuff too much to try to be authentic. That to yeah. me is the most important thing because then if I succeed or if I fail, I feel like it's going to be on the basis of who I am and that's okay. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay in mm. both ends. If I'm successful and people like what I'm doing and they connect with me and I'm being authentic, then I feel like I can accept that and, 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 Try to try to accept that in a, in a you know in a in a an appreciative way, but if people don't like what I'm doing and I'm being authentic, then I have to be okay with that too. It might just mean that maybe what I'm doing is not uh, connecting with enough people, or, or maybe you know what I'm you know what I'm getting at. I don't yeah. know what I'm getting at, yeah. Richard. I'm rambling, but no, I um, mean I think no, I think um, people. It's it's difficult. <laughs> It's the level of acceptance and it's difficult to get, it's difficult for sometimes you and yourself to accept that people like tuning in to you because of who you are and right. that you are familiar to them. In that whether they're having, it's first thing on a Monday morning or it's a Wednesday afternoon or it's a Sunday afternoon when they're cutting the grass or whatever mm -hmm. or they're just sitting out and they've got 10 minutes is that they will pick to listen, to watch, to read you because there's a certain amount of familiarity and a right. lot of people nowadays, they need that. They don't sure. want one thing to... I mean, if, you know, it's like Tom Vassell being as established as he did, if he changed his style to how he approached his reviews, mm -hmm. regardless if it's still Tom Vassell, right. there are going to be people that will have an issue with that. And at the same time, people like, you know... Um, it's like when you know Dan Hughes bringing back Dan and Cora, mm -hmm. and all I saw in that video was people going, "This is brilliant. This is what right. I was. This is the you know finally some mm -hmm. good content kind of thing," <laughs> and it's because, but it's because people remember what life was like with Dan and Cora before, mm -hmm. and they're kind of like, "Well, this is something I know I enjoy. This is some familiarity. This isn't sure. something I can know I can settle down to and I'll have a good time." So there's a kind of that kind of level of acceptance as well, which is really, which is really, 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 really kind of difficult. Um, in terms of the, <clears throat> in t okay, here's in terms of it actually becoming a job, job, mm -hmm. job. Yeah. Are you making sure you're taking time? away from things to either do different things altogether mm -hmm. or to make sure that you're playing games to enjoy games and not playing games because I bet I know I've got I know we're going to be discussing this in a Q&A or I know we're going to do some board game breakfast stuff that you're taking the time to say actually 
I'm going to play Wingspan again tonight because mm-hmm. I really like I really like it kind yep. of thing. Are you making sure that you're kind of doing that as well? A little bit. Um, probably not as much as I need to uh, be, because mm. I kind of intuitively recognize that that's important too because I do feel like, you know, I think we've all heard the stories of people that uh, go into this as a, as a, a vocation and they start to lose their mm. passion for it because now it's, it's yeah. their job. I don't know that I'm in danger of that, thankfully, but what has been the issue is just the the time. I do have less free time now than I did before, and a lot yeah. of that time after I would get off work as a teacher would be time that I would just play games, and I don't mm-hmm. have that much time as I used to, but I am... There, it, it's really weird. There's two different things going on here, Richard, and I'm going to do my best to explain it, and I will fail miserably. Um, I'm just here to see you fail. I mean, that's the main thing. We all are, aren't we? Isn't that what this is all about? Um, yes. <laughs> there are certain times where I am being very, very uh, mindful to play old favorites just because I want to play those games, and I know that they're not going to inform any content that I create at all. Hmm. Hmm. But, and so I will continue to do that because it's important to, to keep that love of the hobby. Um, and when I was doing the top 100 videos, uh, in my case, the top 40 that reinforced it because there were so many of those games that were older games that I was at least as excited about those as I was about the new ones. And that just reinforced me that, Mm yeah, keep, keep loving these games. Um, but before, before this was my job, I almost never approached a game from a from a strictly critical eye Um, Mm. because most of what I was doing were playthroughs. All right. I did some reviews, but not a lot. Mostly what I did was playthroughs. And what I'm doing now is if, if I am playing a game that I know is at least potentially going to be something that is going to be content for the dice tower, I kind of feel like it's my uh, responsibility to try to view it through the lens of not only a gamer, am I enjoying this? Am I enjoying the experience? What are the experience of the other people at the table? But I am looking at it through a slightly different lens. Uh, it's a little bit schizophrenic feeling and I don't, I, I hope that I'm not cheapening that word by using it this way. Um, but, it, but it has been an adjustment for me to be like, okay, here's the biggest thing, Richard. Um, and I'm using your name a lot because that creates a sense of familiarity and, and intimacy. Do you, are you feeling this? <laughs> He's flipping me off. Um, the, the biggest thing is that I'm like, okay, I'm cognizant of the fact now that if I recommend something, if I say I really like something, that now the audience that is potentially seeing me make that recommendation is so much larger than it used to be that I feel more of a personal responsibility to look, am I comfortable with telling people to spend their money on this? You know what I mean? I have to, I have to take, take that into consideration now. It's like, okay, yeah. Bigger level of risk. Right. I really, really liked this game. I'll I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, Cthulhu death may die. Um, yes, I've, I've really, really liked this game. It has some very significant flaws, but I like mm-hmm. it. I've been playing the heck out of it. I don't know that I could just full scale recommend, recommend that because of the price point for it. 
it's an expensive game. And does it really yeah. provide the value? I don't know. It does for me personally, but I don't know that I would mm. feel comfortable putting that out there as a blanket level. You should get this game. You know what I mean? I would have to give a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, caveats to that. And I wouldn't have before in, in the past, I would have just been like, Oh my gosh, I'm loving this game. Yeah. I know it's not the, uh, you know, the greatest game in the world, but it's great. It's great. You know what I mean? And I would just kind of lean into the parts that I like. Whereas now I feel like I have to be very cognizant of a lot more people. Not that I'm more important than I was before, because clearly I'm not, but my platform is much larger than it was before. And I can't stick my head in the sand and pretend it isn't. You know, the people no. that were watching solo mode games, the, you know, 3,000 or so people that were subscribed, maybe a third of them might be watching. That's very different than the Dice Tower. If I'm on there, you know, I feel this sense of, hey, this is a much bigger audience and I really want to make sure that I'm trying to do my job and do my job well. Do you think that people are going to be, um, they're going to take time to adjust to kind of your tastes and what you're interested in and stuff like that as well because you've got the kind of thing that um you know there'll be stuff there will be people that haven't seen anything of your previous work and right. they'll be going in to say well what's the what's the cut of his jib what what's mm -hmm. the kind of stuff that he he likes and i think that um certain people latch on to certain reviewers because um they 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 align with their thoughts kind of nine times out of ten right the certain right. people love shut up and sit down because nine times out of ten they'll go, oh yeah, well it's great, but except for this bit here, which is kind of rubbish, and they go, yep, I know exactly where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, or if I'm listening to like a review with Ben, Ben Maddox, um, Oliver Kinner, you know, um, Elizabeth Dav Liz Davidson as well, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'll resonate with, you know, if they're talking about certain games, there'll be certain mm -hmm. things I'll go, yeah, yeah, I know I'm going to enjoy this because of what you kind of say. Right. Do you think you've got to take into account that, you know, people, some people are still discovering the what the what Mike likes yeah. kind of thing. And if they can align themselves with what Mike likes so that going down the line, when you're saying, I get the whole price thing. I mean, sure. it's like it's a difference between suggesting that and going, you know, um, I reviewed um, Blitzkrieg mm -hmm. from PSC recently, and it's got a lowish value, and it's good fun. It's twenty minutes, sure. and I, you know, I had a blast with it. I wouldn't, re I wouldn't have an issue recommending people kind of play it or check it out because mm -hmm. I know they're not going to be shelling out seventy, eighty bucks. Right. Well, I guess on the other side of it, then that when you see the Kickstarter preview videos and mm. you see people going, "Oh yeah, this looks amazing," and it's like got a two hundred dollar <laughs> price tag, I'm right. kind of like going. Where's your responsibility then? But that's sure. a different kind of um, thing altogether. Do you have to drive far to get to your new job then? Do I have to drive to do it? You have to, yeah, do you have to drive far? I know you drive because you Americans drive everywhere. Cause, oh, like, yeah, let's look there's, map. <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's really no this other option work. unless I want to walk. Um, no, I drive, but it's not far. I mean, it's about 15, 20 minutes to, to work. Uh, I live, that's we nothing all, in America. No, it's nothing. I mean, you might as well be next door. Um, we, we all, uh, with the exception of Kenny, who, who lives in Miami and, and probably, I would say, probably takes about 40 minutes. The, the rest of us are within mm. 15, 15 to 20 minutes if there's traffic uh, from the studio. So it's not a, it's not a long drive at all. Um, 
I'm going to cycle back if you don't mind, because you asked a question about uh, are people getting used to what my tastes are? And I think the answer is yes. And the interesting thing is I think it's not just people watching the Dice Tower. It's also the Dice Tower. Um, If if you uh, if you watch any of those uh, videos that we all four of us did, uh, me, Tom, Z, Hmm. Roy, um, Tom had no idea what was going to be on my list. He had a much better idea on Roy's list. He had a very good idea on what was on Z's list. I was a complete yeah. wild card. He had no idea. And to be honest with you, that was fun. It was fun to be constantly surprising him because he was like, really? He had no idea. Because I do think, you know, I think everyone thinks that they've got this kind of unique, uh, you know, taste. And but But I even have a hard time nailing down what my tastes are when it comes to games. I mean, you know, everyone always thinks that all I play are solo games, and that's fine. I can, I can play into that joke a little bit, although it's, it's very much not true. But I don't really see a huge... Here's what I do see. The, the, the things that I know I like, there are certain mechanics that I tend to, to gravitate towards more. I don't like party games very much, so you don't see a lot of those in my collection or on my lists. And I like pretty games. I've said I am a, uh, a shallow and I, I say that kind of jokingly. I just want my games to look good, and I unabashedly want them to look good. So that's something I think is consistent: is that a lot of the games I really like have a nice a- aesthetic to them. But other than yeah. that, I don't know. I like some Ameritrash games. I like some Euro games. I like some abstracts. Even um, I, I like all kinds of games. But I don't even know what my tastes are, other than I know what I like. I don't know what you can do about putting uh, things into a top 50. I mean, I listened to kind of like Board Game Barrage doing like their 1s to 50s. And their list was like completely, completely different from each other. And I think um, you said on the, uh, on a recent episode of Sporadically Bored, which is like, if you, if I gave you a top 10 today, if I give you a top 10 next week, there's a chance that that top 10 would vary because it would vary on who I was playing in. And yep. the kind of the mood. Um, I'm not sure if we can treat board games the way that we have been traditionally treating kind of say video games. I think there's a kind of a a kind of a chart. And if mm. I gave you a list of like, I wouldn't. I'd find it difficult to do a top ten. I'd mm. find it easy to do a, a list of here's ten games I would play. Right. Moreover, you know, more than anything else, probably, but not necessarily in any kind of order. I mean, sure. it depends. It depends. Like you said, it depends on the kind of the mood that I'm that I'm kind of in. Um, I mean, it. As I say, it depends what kind of catches fire, what kind of catches my eye. I mean, it could be Ashes, The Rise of the Phoenix, but on one day it could be, um, it could be Catacombs the next day. Mm-hmm. It could be Dinosaur Island one day. It could be Dinogenics the next. It right. could be. You know, it depends on on kind of where I am, and I'm worried about us chasing kind of lists to find the ultimate game. When the ultimate game, I don't think it exists. It was interesting hearing um, you guys talking about um, was it Seventh Continent? Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't know if um, Seventh Continent is like the was at the Barnum of the board game world because I have the I have never ever seen so much hype mm-hmm. for a board game f- 
followed by so many people want to get rid of their their yeah. copy of this yeah. game. I've never, and I don't know if it's like comes down to you know, like Frank. It was Frank that was talking about it. He he streamed it for like seven and a half mm-hmm. hours. Went into a cave, got killed in the cave, and then realized he had to start the whole thing again. I'm just right. like going. And the only thing he learned was don't go in that cave. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Don't go back into it again. But I've seen that. I mean, I don't know if it's like smoking, kind of like there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, especially with these big hype machines. And I'm kind of, it's personally kind of putting me off Kickstarter Mm. because I've got a few Kickstarters through now recently, which have kind of, I hesitate, it's kind of weird. I hesitate writing about them Mm -hmm. because at the time they were like, the shit right everybody was saying they were the best thing ever and now you know a year down the line where it's actually sitting in my lap and i'm learning it i'm going this is kind of okay but it's not it's not kind of floating my boat i don't know where i'm going with this no it's okay we've we've richard we're we're on a stream of consciousness Uh, close your eyes with me richard let's lay back and float in this stream (laughs) We're in a stream of consciousness, and let's just go where it takes us. Um, let's just, you know. I didn't yeah. hear. What, what, <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was I, in my. I was in my stream of consciousness. <laughs> I feel. Uh, I feel like we are aligned in this, in the sense that. I I don't feel bad about the, constant, desire, uh, for top ten lists because. If you just look at numbers, there's got to be something to them, Richard, because they are always, always the most popular videos, Hmm. articles, blog posts, podcasts, you name it. They're always going to be there in the, in the upper echelon. So there's something to it. I think we as human beings have an innate desire to sort things, to categorize things, to, to, to rank things. I think that's fine. But I think what is, is important is that we understand that it really is all in fun. Uh, that's certainly how I approached my list. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't put thought into it, because I did. Uh, I really did try to, to be thoughtful and mindful. But that being said, that list could be different in a week. It could be different in two weeks. Yeah. And I don't yeah. feel bad about that. That's okay. I do feel confident that at the time that I'm making the list, those are games that I think are very, very high. Is there a huge difference between 10 and, t- and 11? No. Is there a huge difference between mm. 10 and 2? Probably not, honestly. It's just, you know, you have to kind of make some delineation. Um, I just think that they're fun. I think that it, it leads sometimes to good discussion. I think it leads to some playful banter, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do think that it's ridiculous to say that one game is objectively the best game. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's probably not even the best game for you. It might just be the game that you most are interested in playing right now, or that triggers some type of endorphin rush based on some play uh, experiences you had with it. You know, games are, are items that you interact with. They, they help create experiences. And so oftentimes I think what you're rating is not as much the mechanics or mm. uh, it, but you're rating what, how did this game make me feel? What type of experience did it provide at that time that yeah. I played it? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally, I mean, that's kind of why I write reviews the way I write reviews is it's all about kind of experiences mm-hmm. and the appreciation for the game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, 
the last time I did a show, an episode with Mark Cook, speaking of appreciation, there is a link. Mm-hmm. We had, we had a Dan Hughes appreciation minute. Wow. A full minute? Now, well, it was about 38 seconds, but you know, you can... <laughs> Round up. We okay. can stretch it to a minute. Sure. But um, you've been podcasting with Dan for some time. Mm. And he contacted me today and he says, yeah, he says, actually, he first of all said, if if you contact me again, Richard, I'm going to block you. <laughs> but he also said that um, he really enjoyed the Dan Hughes appreciation minute oh. on the Mark Cook episode. So he was, I, I was one, I wasn't going to just throw this on anybody, mm. but seeing as you know him, is there any kind of words you would like to say about Dan Hughes um, for the next 30 seconds or just to, you know, make him happy. This is tricky. This is tricky, Richard, because I feel like, uh, I can go two ways with this. I can try to mm. be entertaining and humorous. Um, but why start but you've that? You've been now? trying that because for I, I, haven't, I haven't done it yet. So, um, <laughs> I was gonna say. so I'll, I'll be, I'll be serious. Why not? Why not do that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I feel like every so often, if you're lucky, you get to uh, meet somebody that you connect with very quickly. And Mm -hmm. to me, I feel like uh, that was Dan. I don't know what it is. You know, from the very first time that we were talking on, uh, you know, even before this game is broken, but mainly throughout that and then past this game is broken, uh, I've just felt a... um, a connection. I don't know, just a connection with Dan. And so one of the favorite things that I do is record sporadically bored with him. And yeah, I'm plugging it, but that's not the point behind it. Um, no. And the reason why is that I just enjoy talking to him. There's something about, we, you know, just the two of us sitting down and sometimes a third person, if you want to get Matthew in there too, you know, he's all right, but there's just something about the two of us with really nothing that we're going to talk about talking for an hour and a half. You can't always do that. Right. And it's not, it doesn't always work and it's not always entertaining, but it is unique. And the, the conversations that I have with Dan, the, the, the banter that we have, the, the back and forth that we have is very, very organic very natural, and I really do treasure that and appreciate it because you don't always get that. You know what I mean? You don't always get the opportunity to talk to somebody that you click with in that way. Oh, yeah, and we're yeah, from no. very no, different totally backgrounds. Not. We're from very different cultures. Well, not very different, you know, relatively different. Uh, we, you know, we, we have different life experiences, but for one reason or another, we just enjoy talking to each other. And so there's my Dan Hughes appreciation. What is it? Maybe three minutes I went in? That's, I mean, that's three minutes too much. Indeed. To be perfectly honest. I guarantee but, you, you know, if you had, if he had been in my place and you had asked him to do this about me, I shudder to think. Is, shudder. I would just, you know I mean, it'd just be like saying, well, you know, we took him to Boots and he started shoplifting. <laughs> and then we had to explain to the police that he had diplomatic immunity. Right. Um, You know, that kind of, I think, you know, but no. It's just it's just a thing. I like to spread a positive vibe about mm. somebody who organised Gearstones and brought a lot of people together. 
And, he did. You know, you're you you have been podcasting with him for a while, and I thought, you know, let's give, you know, let's give somebody the chance to just sit there for three and a half minutes and completely lie, <laughs> um, for as long as they could without. You know, it's, I, I was really appreciated the fact you're stifling, you're giggling right. while you were actually singing that. But it was very, it was very, very nice indeed. Um, are you getting to go out to more cons then? Mm. I mean, are you, I'm not saying you're going to be a prisoner, but <laughs> are you going to be, are you going to be able to go to more kind of conferences then? Have you now got a kind of as part of the job? Are you going to go at Dice Tower East, left, right? Up, strawberry, peppermint, <laughs> negative and positive. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Dice Tower in space. That's going to be the next one we're doing. Um, <laughs> Entertaining no, the space force. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a gonna lieutenant. Going to be playing some world. dice with everybody. They're um, going to be rolling my dice. They're going to be very good dice. The best dice. They're huge, my huge dice. dice, huge dice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've, uh, anyway. yes, the answer is yes. And, and, and that is Good. a tremendous benefit to the job of which there are many. Um, so definitely going to di- actually go, going to dice tower West in two weeks, uh, going wow. to, to dice tower East and, uh, going to the dice tower retreat, which I think is in September, uh, going to Gen Con, going to, uh, PAX U, um, just uh-huh. came back from the dice tower cruise. So that right there is six, I believe, if I counted correctly, uh, this year. There's uh, <laughs> all on one hand. <laughs> all on one hand. Uh, that's what you get for standing too close to the microwave. Um, there's, uh, you know, maybe a possibility I could even get myself to to UK Gaming Expo, or I don't know. Hmm. That's all Tom's decision to make. I don't know what what type of crew he's looking to take to UK Games Expo and and to Essen, but you know, I. I would love to go if, if he needs the help. So mm. um, the six that I mentioned are for sure. And then there are other ones that, that, that may happen. So um, even though they're working conventions, it's still fantastic. Mm. I love being, you know, a part of, of the, you know, just the experience of it. Uh, and I've never been to, uh, I had never been to PAX U before last year. So I was able to go to that for the first time. That was great. I had never been on a cruise period before. Uh, so doing that was fantastic. Uh, when I go to West, it'll be my first time there, and Retreat will be my first time there. So, are you now up to your eyes more than ever in games? Then, I mean, breaking the breaking the popular myth. Are you mm. kind of? Is there a big pile in the middle, and then you chuck your car keys into the bowl, <laughs> and then everybody takes car keys, mm. and then they also take a game under their arm. Wow! So you get a different car and a different game every day. Boy, there's been a lot of '70s references here. Be, be, between gentle Ben and, and swingers parties, I don't know. This is uh, this is amazing. I feel like uh, I feel like you're breaking out all the all the all the big guns here, Richard. Um, the short answer is the, the short answer is I could be if I chose to be. Um, mm. I got rid of a lot of games before I moved down here. I need to get rid of more. Mm. I do have access to more games if I want them. I have been very mm. very selective about taking on more games. The bottom line is that, um, and I don't, I don't say this in a flippant or, uh, you know, I don't just say this as a, Oh, well look at me, but generally I have access to the dice tower library. And so if there's a game that I want to play, there's very Mm -hmm. few games I want to play that I can't play. And I, I, that's a ridiculous thing to be able to, I mean, I understand, trust me, I get what a remarkable 
thing it is for that to be the case. Um, but I feel like I'm going to take advantage of that in the sense that I'm going to probably keep my collection more razor honed than it's ever been before, because I don't feel like I need to buy every game that I want to try because there, you know, I have access to it uh, that I can play. And if there's something that's yeah. truly special that, that, that fills a niche that, that I feel like my collection uh, could use, then I'll go ahead and buy one. But um, yeah, there games cycle through the dice tower, you know, that's any big review place. That's going to be the case. Um, and, and many of them go right to the library where, where they should. Um, but I've been really, really selective about it. I have not gone hog wild and dove in like Scrooge McDuck and you know what I mean? Well, absolutely, because I'm Scottish and I've got a big safe full of like coins, <laughs> you know, so I know exactly, I know exactly what you mean. You've do you know what's incredibly off of me, but the gold. Yeah. Like, you knew I was going to do it, right? You, you knew we couldn't get through the whole, gold. you knew we couldn't get through the whole episode just, doing a horribly, horribly bad Scottish accent. A horribly racist. They're magically horribly delicious. racist accent. <laughs> You're not going to take my lucky charms. <laughs> but that's a mixture of Irish and Scottish, yeah. so it's never, ever going to work. No, it's not. Um, are there, is there games at the moment you want to get your hands on, though? I mean, oh. saying you've got access. Correct. Yes, um, I, I would love to get a copy of the new uh, Sashi and Sashi game, Remember Our Trip. Um, I played mm-hmm. that with Z, and that went directly into the Dice Tower library. Um that uh, that was a lot of fun. I really like those Sashi games a lot, but it's very expensive to get a hold of here. Um, I would love to get a... Uh, do I really... I was about to say I'd like to get a copy of, of Tainted Grail, but I don't, I don't think so. I think I'd rather play it. That's a big, huge box. I don't know how often I'd... I'd like to try Tainted Grail, um, which I can. There's a copy of it. There's a copy of it uh, in the library. Um the one cop, the one game I did I, want to get a copy of that I did just buy and I haven't, it hasn't shown up yet. Oh, is Atlantis Rising. Z has been going on, and Tom both have been going on about that wow. so much that uh, I finally broke huh. down and, and got a copy of that. Just hasn't shown up yet. Well, I got um, what did I get? Do you know what? I had the delight of getting hold of hmm. my little scythe. Ah, yes, yes. And I got it played here. that. And I played that, um, played that with my son, mm-hmm. and was charmed. Yeah, beyond belief. It's pretty terrific. Yeah, it's pretty. I was, I was kind of, I was. It's, it's, it's better than Scythe. Oh come on! I now. didn't say that. It's definitely not better than Scythe. <laughs> just, but is it better for your what? son than Scythe? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to show, right? Just, just for okay. you, oh. right? Do you know what the microphone, the microphone boxes are stacked on? No, no. Look, I'm, I'm lifting up just to show everybody, okay. and I'm going to show Mike what the microphone boxes oh, are stacked on. Oh, the wind gambit, the wind gambit expansion for Scythe, yes. And also invaders, invaders from afar. Ah, invaders from afar um, is as also well. that because um, you might as well use them for something because they're not any use for anything, <laughs> anything else. To be perfectly uh, honest, that's not. <laughs> I'm just pressing your buttons. That's all. That's no, okay. I got that. I got. I got that, which is good. And um, I also I had Isle of Cats mm. from Frank West as well, which seems to be. Um, I played that in family mode, and that's good. Good fun as well. You're reaching over for something. Is that? Ah, right. You have been playing the solo mode. 
I have no doubt. This is great podcasting, by the way. We're actually showing each other boxes on cameras and you guys have absolutely nothing going on because at the end of the day, we have forgotten that we're recording a podcast for other people to listen, which is just one of these things that unfortunately happens when two friends happen to have um, a chat. Um, I guess my last question... Yes, because I'm conscious of the time you got. You got no doubt. Got, yeah, I'm a really busy guy. Why are you keeping me for an hour? Nah, um, um, in terms of you've got your job, which is board gaming. Mm-hmm. What would you, what hobby would you consider taking up if you weren't gonna do the board gaming as a hobby? Is there another hobby you've got? You're kind of your eye on, you know, knitting. Macrame, <laughs> golf. I mean, that's a good sweater you've, you know, top you've got on. I mean, that would probably suit you for eighteen holes. Right. This is uh, this is crochet. Actually, I crocheted this sweater um, <laughs> from from multicolored alpacas. Um, but that's just a side. I, that's just a side thing. Um, I, I just do that in my spare time. You know, it, it's funny you ask this. Um, I do think that there would be, if I had more time and I was still living mm. where I'm living now, and that's kind of what informs this answer. Um, is I would like to take the time to be a competent surfer. Um, growing wow. up, uh, growing up in Southern California, I dabbled a little bit, and I was able to like mm. you know get up on the board and, and stay, stay up for a little bit. Um, but I never was in a position where I could afford to own my own board. Um, couldn't get to the beach often enough to, to make that a really a viable thing. Um, now, you know, I'm in another area where you can, you can very easily surf if you had the, the time and the money to do so. It's not terribly expensive, but you do need to be able to afford your board and your wetsuit and such. Mm. Um, which you know theoretically I could do now, but right now it would be the time. Uh, although I'm I'm still I'm still toying, Richard. I'm toying with the idea of, mm. of trying to get out and, and surfing a little bit and, and taking advantage of the lovely coastline that is here. See, I I always had pictured you as a kind of a Patrick Swayze type mm. character, so that fit, kind of fits in. But to me, you were always going to be kind of doing the bossa nova <laughs> instead. <laughs> The Bossa Nova, Instead. really? You went with the Bossa Nova? The Bossa, That's the one. The Bossa, the Bossa. You had so many ding, options ding, there. Ding, you ding, went with the Bossa Nova. That's the girl from Ipanema. We could just keep doing this. Getting back to this whole thing until of not realizing people are listening to us. Until everybody goes home and goes, "What is going on Correct. with this?" Um, I am going to talk about a couple of things. Um, first of all. Um, for people who have not checked out Sporadically Bored, um, pause this podcast, go and find Sporadically Bored in the Googles and go and subscribe to it. It is a, it's a tale of Mr. Dan Hughes and Mr. Mike Delisio who get together and just have a general chat and everything and anything about kind of cars to gardening to to, to kind of toilet issues sure. to, to kind of like fast food to going to family trips to dealing with paying for anything at all <laughs> occasionally they talk about board games it's a fantastic yeah. kind of heartwarming wonderful 
bubble of chat and then they have guests on and there's a sack involved and it's <laughs> and there's some rubbish at the end mm. and there's some rubbish at the beginning sure. and sometimes there's rubbish in the middle but it is a it continues to be one of my kind of one of my one of my favorites that if I'm having kind of one of those days where I'm just like you know if another sheep escapes from its pen <laughs> You know, I'm going out with the little kind of no country for old men gun. I'm swear I'm mm-hmm. serious. Um, and I can just get in the car and put it on. And I know within a couple of minutes, I'm either going, this is ridiculously funny, or I'm chortling away and having to stop the car um, because I'm getting to that age where I can possibly pee myself. Sure, sure. Um, and I just wanted to kind of again, um, kind of again just remind people that you guys exist and you're out there and you're doing something different and um it's not just let's talk about board games for an hour or whatever it's like just genuinely good fun and worthwhile kind of kind of checking out um if people want to find you on the internet webs Mm. Where do we find where do we find you now, Mr. Dice Tower Man? <laughs> First of all, thank you for the kind words about the podcast. That that really does mean a lot. Um, they could find me uh, doing occasionally, you know, I'll do stuff on the Dice Tower. So if you if you mm. just watch the Dice Tower YouTube channel, you know, I'm I'm doing uh, some, you know, live videos and, and I'm gonna be doing some uh, other content, but you can find me there from time to time. You can find me on Facebook or Twitter uh, at Mike Delicio. Uh, if you do end up listening to the Sporadically Bored podcast and you enjoy that, I would recommend you join the the Facebook group for Sporadically Bored because it's a fantastic group of individuals who have lovely chats and lively discussion. Uh, so yeah, that's good enough. I'm on Instagram, I think, but I, I know I'm hardly ever on Instagram. I don't want to see the photos. Don't. Don't look at no. You, it's better you don't. Just it's better don't. you don't. I might have a court order anyway. There's a, there's a brilliant one of I photoshopped his face onto <laughs> Gentle Ben, which is doing the works. And I've actually sent it to I've sent it to my I've sent it to Matthew Jude and said, "Look, Bigfoot exists," and and he laughed a lot. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah. If you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to the internet webs and search for "We're Not Wizards" and you'll find us. And if you like what you've listened to tonight. Go and tell somebody else, because that's how we spread. (laughs) Unlike other things, you do not need a face mask to listen to us. Mm. I'm just going to say that. If you want to um, do other things, there's a couple of things you can do. Read our blog, look at our Facebook page, um, check out, join us on Twitter, because, you know, things are happening. Um, But also jump onto your podcast catcher of choice, which has sometimes got the word pod in it, and sometimes got the word cast in it, or sometimes has neither, Mm. like Player FM. Yeah, what's that about? It's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. No idea. Or the other thing you can do is you can go onto the Apple Podcasts and you can uh, drop us a rating or a review. Don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed. But don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Um, Give us something in the middle like a five because it's average. That sounds right. Um, And we're just a little bit average. And we've been... Being average for four years. Wow. Now. Congratulations, Richard. Four, four, I always say if I did shoplifting, I would have been out in two. <laughs> but there you go. Um, but um, thank you very, very much for coming on, Mike. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, <laughs> you had to really search for that one. As, 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 as always, thank you. Reads off his hand. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, 
I yeah, I've really enjoyed the time, milk, eggs, <laughs> bread. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's the wrong the wrong mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, you for having me on, Richard. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure on my end uh, as well. I was <laughs> terribly unentertaining, but regardless of that, whether yes. I was uh, good or not, and I think that we can all agree mm. I was very uh, not good. It's important to me that mm. I continue to be in the upper echelon of your downloaded episodes because I'm fine being <laughs> below uh, Elizabeth Hargrave, right? That's yes, clearly yes. she designed one of the best games of the last 10 years. I'm fine with that. Yes. However, I will not yes. accept being below Matthew Jude. That's outrageous. Uh, let's that, let's check th- this. That can't happen. And so here's a second chance for people to get it right and to put me into that second spot like I so richly deserve. Because look, Matthew, come on now. Look, he's a he's a fine, fine young man, but he's clearly in the bronze position on the on the podium, right? I mean, he that just suits his skin tone. It goes well with his plaid shirt. The silver against the plaid, it's really gauche. It does not go well. But the bronze, the bronze against the plaid is a really good look. So let's shoot for that, shall we? I'm. This is just, to, for people to put this into context, this is the fact that um, currently on the the downloaded episodes of all time, yeah, Mike Delisio is in the top 10. And at the moment, <laughs> it goes like this. We've got Isaac Children. I've got, we've done a couple of episodes. Oh, this is ridiculous. Now this whole thing has been thrown off. Yeah. I'm not even near the platform anymore. I'm not even in the arena you, anymore. You are. Okay. You are. No, you are. You are. It goes Isaac Childress. Okay. Matthew Jude. Elizabeth Hargrave. Wow. Mike Delisio. <laughs> I've been booted off the podium by Isaac. You, you have know, been booted off the podium by Isaac. Man. You have. Make, you, have. You, you know, make one genre-defining game, and all of a sudden, you're going to be up at the top of the know. list. I would like to point out at the moment you are beating um, Callan Allen. Oh, from, I'm beating Callan uh, Allen? From, okay. Uh, board Game Barry. You are. So the you Fandango are. tank is crushing, running <laughs> roughshod <laughs> over the red tank. That's good. I'll take that. Yep. Yeah. Look, we Dan need Hughes to rectify this. We need to right this wrong. Um, <laughs> I've got to be up on that podium. I've got to be on that podium. Yep. Let's yes. make it happen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> but um, so it's a goodbye from Mike. Say goodbye, Mike. After good. that kind of plead. Good. Good. Goodbye. Goodbye, all. <laughs> goodbye, and it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe. Roll sixes. Make something awful. And it's uh, Mike Delisio for president. <laughs> Woo! Until the next day. Goodbye. Goodbye. A wizard is never late.
Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. 